Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse Conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this interview is with Catherine Beaumont. Kathy is best known to Disney fans as the voice of Alice in Alice in Wonderland and Wendy in Peter Pan. But by the age of 10, when she appeared in those films, she had already appeared in a number of movies under contract to MGM. Although she decided to stop acting after Peter Pan, she did continue to provide the voice of Alice and Wendy for various Disney projects. That's Kathy you hear in the Alice in Wonderland attraction at Disneyland, and as Wendy in Fantasmic, both of which were recorded decades after the original film's release. In this conversation from 2013, Kathy recalls her experiences working on those films. To begin, I asked her about her transition from MGM to Disney. Here's Catherine Beaumont. They did put me in a couple of films. Uh, there was On an Island with You and um, uh, another story about the Greyfriars Bobby, um, an MGM interpretation of that story. Um, and it was about that time that Disney was looking for his Alice. And so I had read for the part and what he was looking for was a voice that was pleasing both to American ears and British ears and as at the same time both you know comfortable to listen to and he just found my voice was the most suitable and so that's how I got with Disney. <laughs> Were you familiar with the Alice story? Oh yes. <laughs> you know in England those classics um, we learn about them from being very small and I can remember my parents reading to me at night before going to sleep and it was always sort of a ritual about the stories uh, a lot of them were little Grimm's tales and that sort of thing but yes um, in fact I, I must have been aware, aware of the story at a very early age because a friend of my mother's had given me a small Alice in Wonderland book it was a red book but it was only about four by three. It was really a small book, but it did have the original tenial drawings. The writing in it was larger, <laughs> and um, I remembered following the story then. So, ah, uh, yeah, I was really familiar with all of her adventures before I ever came to the United States. Wow. Do you remember the audition at all? Not really. Um, I just remember there was this long journey out to Burbank from Culver City where MGM was and going to a very large studio <laughs> I mean what I'm talking about is not the studio itself is one of the one of the sound stages and it was just enormous and here was this little spot with a microphone and I had a, a script and read from that and that was the extent of it but I don't remember really any details yeah. um, but I was called to do it again a while later and then we got a phone call to say that um, Disney had decided he would like to have me as Alice, as Alice in Wonderland. So that is how I got a contract to, uh, to Disney and to work as Alice in Alice in Wonderland. What do you remember about Walt? Oh gosh, uh, actually Walt as a person, um, I met when we signed the contract. That was my first real meeting with him. And um, the meeting was in his office, and so I, of course, I was so aware of who Walt Disney was because I had seen and had favorite films that I had watched, you know, like Bambi was such a favorite, and and then here was the man who produced all of this. He created all of this, so 
I was very nervous. <laughs> going, going up to the third, what they called it, the third floor rear, that was where his like, suite of offices was. And I'm going up there with my mother and we knock on the door and there he is, you know, he opens up the door himself. <laughs> but he, you know, I, I realized later, he was a father who had two daughters. They were older than I was by quite a few years, really. But, but I realized that being a father, he immediately made me feel comfortable. Oh, Catherine, I'm so pleased to meet you. Come on in and meet everybody. And it's so exciting to be starting this film. And, and you do know the story about Alice. And of course, that got me going because I was so familiar with the story. And I started opening up. And he says, well, let's go and sit on the couch here at the coffee table. And um, he says, um, I have a copy of Alice. And he says, what I want to do is sort of, so you know what's going to happen a little bit. Uh, we'll go through the book, but also tell you about some of the things that we're planning on doing to combine the, the two stories, The Looking Glass and, and Alice in Wonderland. So we sat down and looked at that, and by that time I was just feeling terribly comfortable, <laughs> and everything was just fine. We signed the contract, and I then began working there. But the atmosphere at the studio was so... It, totally different when you when you're a little child you regard an experience you you have as oh this is how it all is and so i expected to go to another mgm this oh. was my childlike thought sure. and of course it was the whole atmosphere was so totally different it was like being in a a, a very very different world and um everyone welcomed me Everyone, you know, they were all adults, mm -hmm. and yet they made me feel so comfortable going there, working with them, and including me on so many of the activities. And I can remember so vividly before the first sequence, they were saying, well, we have a, a storyboard conference that we do before we do the sequence, and uh, Walt's there, or Walt's sometimes there. <laughs> He'll come in and out, but, you know, he, he might be there at part of it. But um, the director is going to read off the storyboard. <clears throat> and that way you get an idea of what the, the sequence is going to be about. And so I was invited to go and join. So I'm sitting there and realizing, you know, I was 10 by that time, so I was looking around at what was going on, and these animators and writers were all clustered around in this big office, and they were watching, and I think it was um, Winston Hibbler who was reading it off, because each picture was a drawing of what Alice was doing, but then there was the dialogue underneath. And so he was reading the dialogue and saying, here's what Alice is doing here, and this is her dialogue here, and he was going right through, and then there'd be a hand up. Uh, you know, as you're reading that, I'm I'm looking at what she's doing and thinking, how about this little sight gag here? Or how about if we, you know, change this this look or this sense of something? And I watched him, <laughs> one of the animators got up, pulled off the four by six piece of paper, and uh, he changed the drawing slightly. And I was sat right behind him and I thought here's this charcoal drawing going and I mean it took him less than two minutes you know oh, while he kind of went ahead and he said okay I'm done so he puts it back up and the other say hey you know what that's a good idea why don't we why don't we go with it but what I was seeing was was how it all was evolving yeah. um, and that was what was so exciting to me because I was seeing the creativity of Disney yeah. 
Nokia. seeing what was going on right from the ground up. Right. And I was fascinated. I was just fascinated with how it all came to be. And later, as an adult, I realized what a smart thing that was because they were bringing me in. I was getting to know them well. I was getting comfortable with them. So when I worked with them, yeah. I felt just totally at ease. I didn't feel like, oh, here's this director, and I'm afraid, or I'm I'm nervous, and you know, how am I am I going to, am I going to do what they want? Uh, just lots of trepidation. I didn't feel that at all. I felt like I was sort of part of it, mm. and so they were amazing to bring me in the way that they did, so that also. I knew what that sequence was going to be, so when I was handed the script to do the voice part, I knew what was going on. So of course I could lend my voice to being more realistic because I, I had a sense of what right. that sequence was about. So I mean there were a lot of important things like that that yeah. made, it, made the experience so very special. And then the animators were so great, you know, I, uh, I had uh, my tuition every day and they set up one of the dressing rooms in one of the office buildings where that was my place, that was my classroom. So that if we weren't working that morning, then that's where my teacher and I would go and have our lessons. Mm. But they knew I was right down, right next to the accounting department. So the animators occasionally would call about 10 o'clock before my recess and uh, get someone to bring a note to say, we're, we're going to show uh, a little piece on the moviola of some of the drawings from the scene that we did, just the, the last scene that we did. You want to come over with your teacher at recess and watch? So, of course, you know, we would go trot, trotting out there and watch. And, you know, they would do that quite frequently. It wouldn't necessarily be the moviola, but it might be some other thing that they wanted to share. And then they made arrangements for me to go over to Ink and Paint for one, you know, ink one day for during recess. And then uh, the paint department was another one later on. So I was seeing the whole process. <laughs> I was learning about what everything was like from one department to the next to the next. So, you know, this great experience was something that's very special. Oh, yeah. When you were doing Wendy, did the same process happen? Yeah, oh, yes, they had, because that's, that's how they were. Although my role was more a supportive role. I was the supporting actress, really, rather than the major character. So I didn't have as much involvement as I did because Alice... Alice was in every scene, every sequence, so she was called upon for every single scene for either the, the voice work or for the live action. So it was almost a daily occurrence. There would be something or other going on. Anyway, um, uh, with I, I think the contrast with Peter Pan was that with Alice, I was in every scene, but I was working pretty well alone because most of those characters were make-believe characters. So I had to, I had to sort of imagine the Cheshire Cat and all of those. All right, when I was working with Peter Pan, then there were human beings to <laughs> relate to yeah. because there were the brothers, there was Peter Pan, there was father and mother, right. there was Captain Hook and Smee. <laughs> yeah. There were all sorts of people. So I had, I had humans to relate to there. So that made it a whole different kind of experience. See, so it, it, it was totally different from working with the Alice in Wonderland character. Do you remember any of the other, uh, working with any of the other actors from either of the films? 
Oh, scattered, because I, I do have to say that school intervened, right? Mm -hmm. So even in Peter Pan, um, Michael, you know, Paul and, and the, the, the group, we would be doing our schoolwork, then we were called to do the scene. All right, then the scene is over. So we go back to the teacher and we do our schoolwork. We don't really have a whole lot of time to just visit and get to know one another. Right. So it really wasn't as conducive to getting to know one another and making friends because we just didn't have that kind of time to do it because of the schoolwork. Did you record with others? Uh, not necessarily even the younger people, but... Oh yes, with everybody. That oh, was the, that was what was special about that day, uh, because in those days everyone recorded the scene together. So if it was a scene with um, the darlings, then mother and father were there, um, and uh, Paul and Michael were there, and we would all do our lines and go through the entire sequence together. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> do you find it easier to do that with a human? I'd say. Oh, I'd say, because you feed off each other. Um, Hans Conried was the father, mm -hmm. and uh, you know he was such a terrifically talented man. And I had known him through coming to America as a newcomer and starting to listen to the radio and began to recognize his voice in all the radio shows. So I already knew something about him. I knew his name immediately when they said, oh, Hans Conried is going to be the father. <laughs> Hans Conried. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that was just wonderful. He was so great working with us. But the thing is, you'd you'd start to do the scene, and then the next time you did the scene, or or re, just recorded it for take two, it would be different in some way because we were all doing it extemporaneously with the script. So if it were a little different, naturally my reaction might be a little different. Or we'd suddenly realize, oh, the reaction was a little different this time. You know, maybe we should try. And so then they were discussing about different ways to interpret the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So you had that, that you were able to do. It wasn't just listening to the other person's voice and then interpreting from that. Mm -hmm. So it's much more dynamic. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.